0: Oh my goodness, Brandon Harvey here. Welcome to this week's episode of the podcast. Before we get started, I just wanted to say if this intro sounds, you know, like the audio is a little bit different than normal, that's because I'm recording this from my hotel room buried in blankets for audio purposes in Egypt. I am currently in Sharm el-Sheikh, Egypt with the rest of the Good 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 team. And we are here getting to know incredible people who are attending this conference called the World Youth Forum. And it's just been incredible meeting so many inspiring people from around the world who are doing impactful work. And hopefully, you know, creating some connections that will lead to some amazing podcasts and some articles in the newspaper in the future. And so... I don't know. I just thought that was exciting. It was fun. If you follow us on Instagram at goodgoodgoodco, you may have already seen some of the fun stories and photos we've been sharing. Definitely go check that out. I'm just super excited about this week's episode of the podcast. I had this conversation last week right before we flew out. The cool thing about this guest is that every person listening to this podcast has probably already heard our guest's laughter and seen her joy and experienced some kind of connection with her in some sort of way. The woman that I had the privilege of speaking with on the show is known for her online debut on Facebook back in 2016, where she just went absolutely viral. She's known to most of us as Chewbacca Mom, but her real name is Candace Payne. And I'm sure you remember the video of Candace putting on this Chewbacca mask in her car and then just joyfully laughing for minutes and minutes and minutes and this just went viral in the early days of facebook live and i think that most of us when we watched that video we loved it we smiled we giggled when we saw her on james corden's carpool karaoke but that's where most of us stopped right there but it's interesting because there's still so much more to this person who made this video and it's really beautiful and interesting because there is so much more to candace's story beyond this little moment that we all saw collectively together and it's really wild it's really interesting and it's really beautiful and powerful and candace recently released a book it's called laugh it up and she dove into her personal story and her life mission of of spreading joy and i got the chance to read her book before it came out and it's absolutely beautiful. Like It's really fun getting to know Candace on a deeper level. And so I asked her if she'd be on the podcast, and she was so kind to say yes. And so I'm so excited for this conversation and, and to dive into her story. Really quick, before we get started, I want to acknowledge that Candace's episode talks a little bit about self-harm and suicide. And so if those things are heavy or triggering for you right now, I would love for you to just be mindful of where you're at in your story, and if you need to just skip this episode, that's totally okay. And with that in mind, I'm honored to get to jump into this conversation. So I am Brandon. This is Sounds Good. This is the weekly podcast where we have hopeful conversations with inspiring people who are rejecting cynicism and using their lives to make an impact. Here we go. Candice, oh my goodness, it is so good to have you on the podcast. Welcome to the show.
1: Oh, thank you so much. I'm excited.
0: It's really interesting because I would imagine every single person listening to this podcast has seen your face, has heard your laugh, uh, has experienced your joy, and they felt a sense of connection to that, as did I, but they may not know the full story behind that joy. And, And I think, you know, a lot of our podcast conversations revolve around this idea that you know the most joyful people have also experienced the most you know struggle and and maybe difficulty in their lives and and maybe that's what creates a sense of joy and i got to read your book and it's absolutely beautiful and and you dive into your story so it's so fun to hear this context and so before we dive into the entire context of you know your life i would love to just you know start the story at the beginning of that week Where you decided to go live on Facebook with the Chewbacca mask and just talk about the context of that week, you know, I would imagine it was a normal week. What was going on in your life at that time?
1: Well, it was my birthday week. And I don't know about you, but um, I believe when you get a certain age, you just, you get to have a whole week for your birthday. It's not just a day anymore. And then I also know, too, that the older you get, that time gets even more. So, you know, by the time I'm 40 here, I'm pretty sure I'm going to have a whole birth month. Good. And then by um, 50, I'm just going to celebrate every year. So, like, it's just my year. It's the year of my birth. Um, But I, I literally was living off of gift cards and birthday rewards and didn't have a penny by name the day that I got that Chewbacca mask. I had made a return at Kohl's and like any good mom, you know, I didn't find anything that fit me. And so I thought, well, I'll just go look in the toy section, something for the kiddos. And I get over there and I cannot remember precisely what body part bumped into that Chewbacca mask, but I know that I ate some tacos earlier, but I should have (laughs) not made that sound. And so I heard this sound from a little toy and I thought, oh my gosh, this is so much fun. It's my birthday week. I'm going to get, myself a toy. And uh, my kids, this is not theirs. This is mine. And um, you know, a lot of people think that I went immediately to the car and put on the mask and made that video. But actually, I ran a few more errands. Listen, I had a birthday coffee reward from Starbucks <laughs> I needed to get. I had some Bath and Body Works, you know, gift cards. I don't know what the deal is, but my mom, still to this age, treats me like a junior high kid that doesn't know how to smell good. <laughs> she always sends me a gift card to Bath and Body Works, which I'm not mad at it. I'm not mad. But after doing that, I realized I had about 30 minutes to really adult and go pick up my kids and And so in that short time, I thought, I'm just going to go live on Facebook. It's kind of this new thing that's available. I've done it a couple other times, but I'm just going to go for my mom friends that can watch it right now. They're probably sitting in a school line waiting to pick up their kids somewhere, and I'm going to have a little fun with this mask. And little did I know at that moment that when you make a video public on Facebook, Anybody can share it. Anybody can watch (laughs) it. And before I went to bed that night, what was a small little four-minute video of me unboxing a toy for myself for my birthday, uh, laughing four minutes, um, well, three minutes out of the four, uh, turned into a video that had over one million views when I went to bed that night. And not only that, but I woke up the very next morning, and it had broken view count of a video before mine on Facebook line, but not only broke it, but doubled it and then some. So I I had 24 million views by the time I woke up the next morning. And I got to be honest, I felt a lot like Jason Bourne. Like I'm like how do I hide? Where do, where is the briefcase with international bills and money for me to get away right now? Like what is going on? It was it was absolutely exhilarating and frightening and yet What what would you say was
0: like the most frightening part of it for you or even what was the most exhilarating part and what was the most frightening part?
1: Ah uh, it was exhilarating because I knew that something was happening. You know, when you just feel like this is more than just a fun moment. This is something different. I knew that there was that wrapped in it. And even I had some clarity enough to know that part of my destiny was wrapped in it. Um, so that made me feel very, very exhilarated. Like, uh, uh, I'm alive, you know, um, but then it's frightening because you're thinking about, oh, Lord, my parents, what are they going to think? Did my sister <laughs> watch it? I texted her 20 times last night. She didn't respond. What is going to happen when she gets to work? Oh, my gosh, my husband doesn't even know. You know, I mean, there's all these things <laughs> where you're like, you think of every last possible thing and you're thinking, how did they get my phone number? Why do I have all these voicemails from media people? How did they get my cell phone number? And so, I mean, just all the things that happen very, very fast and furiously paced when something like that happens that I was not prepared for, nor do I think anybody can be, you know?
0: Totally. Well, and it was really interesting because, you know, these articles start rolling in and they're... they're- explaining and they're they're dissecting this four minute video that you kind of made on a whim but the thing that they kept on centering in on is this idea of joy and I, I think it was a really really special thing because it really was unique how you know this thing that you'd put online was just this truly authentic real good thing and it it wasn't The type of feel-good stuff that you normally see kind of going viral. It's not the puppies and kittens videos. There was something a little bit more to it. You know, in your video, at the very end of your video, you know, you talk about, you know, the little joys of life, but how did that resonate with you when you were seeing all these headlines, you know, with your picture on them that just kept on saying, Joy, 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 joy? Is that how you were Yeah, well yeah, what was that feeling like at that time?
1: You know. I really didn't have an agenda to start a joy movement or to be a voice that would just say, Hey, let's bring joy back to the world. It's really one of those things that I often before this moment had undervalued in myself. And I'm, I'm just going to be very vulnerable here. Like I knew that I was a fun loving person and I knew that I intrinsically like I just something in me, Always wants to bring fun to a room. Like my husband and I have joked for years, the movie Tarzan, the animated one with uh, Rosie O'Donnell's that monkey, she comes in the room in one scene, and she just sings, "The fun has arrived, you know, and my husband says that almost every time I walk in the room and we joke about it because he's like, "Look, the fun has arrived, <laughs> and it's now become a joke that we say in text when we're in a really boring place. <laughs> if I walk in, he texts me, "Hey, at least you're here with me, my fun has come in the room um and so I've seen it as a moment to where. I didn't value that as something that was different or unique about myself. Um, as a matter of fact, being a worship leader in churches, listen, I would be a part of a worship team, and everybody's somber and crying, and they're on their face, and they're so serious, and I'm over there wanting to do a fast song and <laughs> jump around, and and I'm thinking, why is something different in me? And uh, I really kind of. Suppressed that aspect of my personality a lot growing up. Um, now, I'm not saying that I have something different than anybody else has, um, and that nobody can have this, and that I'm unique to my own gifting of joy. But I do believe that there's been a lingering, if you will, of this desire in me to make every day count and to get the most, like squeeze the most out of it. Something in me calls and says that this day is full of unlimited positivity and possibilities, and I want it. I want everything it has to offer. And I don't know if a lot of people feel that. You know, I think most of our world right now, I'm not talking about clinical depression. I think there's a difference in what I'm about to say. But we know what chronic depression feels like. We wake up and we have a continual case of the Mondays, no matter what day it is. And, you know, for me growing up, I experienced hardship and I experienced things that you would never even imagine. And yet when depression came knocking at my door, it felt foreign to me. And I feel like our world right now, if joy came to their door, it would feel foreign to them. And I don't know why. I don't know why that is such a norm for our society, but I feel it in the air. Everybody's okay with feeling as though uh, it's just the way it is. Life is going to be tough. We got to make it through the day. Um, I get it. I get it. But for some reason, I would much rather have depression be the foreign object in my life than joy. And I think it's high time that we switch that and we flip the script and we turn the head on the whole thing and say, come on, people, figure out what a life of joy feels like so that when depression comes, you go, uh-uh, I, I don't want that. I don't want it. And it's got to get out of here.
0: Hmm. I want to come back to that. But but first, you know, take me back to you as a child. And when was the first time that you that you maybe kind of gave that uh-uh type you know, response to hardships around you? You know, what did that look like for you as a kid?
1: You know, when I wrote Laugh It Up, I really wanted to go and the first thought I had was to personify joy. I wanted to make it not this ethereal concept that we can't grasp. I wanted to make it a person that we're ignoring or we're putting on the outside of our house. Uh, Maybe we've chained her up to a dog steak in the back of our yard and won't let her in. <laughs> but with that, in that discovery of ideas and, and the brainstorming of how I would do that in this book, I had to ask myself, when did I first meet her? And I remember meeting Joy when I was about eight or nine years old and my family was homeless. Um, We were in transition from moving from one state to another, and we didn't even have a place to live with where we were going. And we found ourselves living in our Econo van together with a family of four kids, two adults, parents, and a dog. And, um, you know, in an RV park is where we ended up finding ourselves and doing coin showers. And any other eight or nine-year-old, I'm telling you, it, it would have been devastating. Because I had already moved at that point more times than I could count. And literally, I tried to count, but I didn't want to put something false in the book. But the last count that I did, I think I went to 23 elementary schools. That's where I remember the most. Wow! And so I'm not just... 23
0: elementary schools. Oh, elementary. So
1: everything before sixth grade. And I didn't want to put in there a false number and then go back years later and be like, no, it was really... This much. But um so that's why I kind of just was vague about it. But the last count I have, I mean, I'm not being trite here. It was really moving a lot. And at this point, it was the ultimate letdown to say, I don't even have a a home. I don't even have a home. And I remember thinking, all right, either I can succumb to what this feels like and what I am absolutely depressed about and I could see this world around me as I never get what I want. I don't even have safety. I don't even have a bed or I could find places to play and I could make whatever circumstance around me an adventure instead of a trial. (laughs) And I, you know, at the time as an eight-year-old or a nine-year-old, you don't have that clarity to be able to say what I'm saying now. But in hindsight, I knew that that's what was happening. I knew that I wasn't going to make that the worst circumstance in my life. I was going to find fun wherever I possibly could. And for me, I found it with my dog, Baby. We would go on these hidden trails through the woods at the RV park that we were at, and we would skip stones. And, you know, I'd let her fetch sticks. And, and my imagination, it wasn't an escapism tactic, but my imagination led to me discovering who joy really is. Uh, Sometimes you just got to think higher than the reality of where you are I
0: would love to dive into that a little bit more because I feel like I feel like one of the things that I see happening so much in the world is people trying to escape from the realities of the world when in fact like I think that it's important to engage with the realities of the world and I, I think that not everybody's privileged enough to disengage and so how would you kind of describe that? Uh, that difference, you know, between escapism and actually you know pursuing your imagination to a point where you actually find authentic joy.
1: Listen, you cannot convince me that being in a coin shower that doesn't have hot water is gonna be fun at all, right? But you can think differently about your circumstance. I remember thinking, okay, I'm going to make this the most fun I could possibly have. I'm going to time myself and see how fast I can go. And I had a little sports um, timer (laughs) and I literally, I I made a game of it. Instead of me thinking the entire shower, this sucks. Oh my gosh, this is so cold. My parents, I'm so mad at them for putting us here. Oh, when is life going to get better? You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Or I can change my thoughts and go, well, I got the coin shower today. Who knows? It's a catch-22 if I'm going to get the hot water. But I'm going to tie myself, see how fast I can make this, and I'm going to enjoy it. I'm going to find a way to enjoy it. And I don't think that people have the tools in their abilities, in their minds, to just say, how do I enjoy this moment? Where is that little glimpse of a simple joy that I can embrace, that I can engage with? And because of that, we find ourselves depressed. I mean, we are, we are so pulled under in our thoughts. We think the worst of ourselves and our circumstances more than anybody else thinks about us.
0: Okay. And so from there, do you end up moving into a home at some point? Like you guys aren't homeless forever, I would assume.
1: No, no. We eventually didn't, we didn't move into a home right after that, but we moved into a budget suites. And we did that for a while. And then we ended up getting a trailer house and then an apartment and then a freestanding home. I mean, it's it's the struggle. If anybody's dealt with poverty, you know what that struggle is. It's affording what you can from week to week and trying to make some headway. And we finally did. Uh, but I, I tell you what, I quickly learned that a house really didn't make a home. It was the people that I was surrounded by and it was the joy that lived there in that relationship. And I actually, gosh, I would love to find it. I think mom has it somewhere in a storage unit, but (laughs) I I wrote a poem in high school that says, I may not have a house, but I've always had a home and uh, I can't find it. I really wanted to find it for this book,
0: Mm, but yeah. That's beautiful. Oh, man. Yeah, just start digging through that storage unit. Yeah,
1: right. <laughs> I need to do that for multiple things. Let's be honest. <laughs> yeah,
0: no, for real. That's the problem with storage units. I'm like, oh, man, like I can put all my stuff somewhere. Oh, and then I'll never see it again.
1: Oh, yeah. And then my mom is like, oh, I thought we lost that in 84. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm uh, like, nope,
1: here it is, Barb. <laughs> so
0: funny. That's so funny. Um, you've alluded to depression, When was the first time that depression really hit you for the first time?
1: Well, I remember it because it was foreign to me. Um, And I talk about it in the book in a moment that was in my college years. Now, here's what's ironic is those of my closest friends in college— are probably going to be stunned to know that I was dealing with this behind the scenes. Because in college, I was the happy-go-lucky. I mean, and not only that, but I was like, I was in full force of being on all the time. Uh, My desire at that point was to be on Saturday Night Live. I mean, everything I was doing was trying to get that to happen. Um so I was doing stand up comedy on weekends wow. and I was yeah I mean like I was I was trying hard y'all and yeah. um, and so I thought it was my responsibility to be the comic relief everywhere I went
0: yeah to bring the fun
1: Oh yeah 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 and the irony in all of that is that um I really am fun by nature I don't have to try <laughs> You know <laughs> it's it's kind of like but this effort it felt so um it felt really just vain. And here's why for the first time in my life, I wasn't the funniest. I wasn't the funniest. I wasn't the most talented and I wasn't the most beautiful. Well, that wasn't really new to me, but I I mean, like I'm legitimately in the same vein and arena as beauty pageant queens. Like we're talking Miss Teen Arkansas, the reigning one was also up against me in homecoming court. Um and, and you're talking about these gorgeous young women that are 18, 19, 20 years old and they're groomed for this moment. You know, and I'm standing next to them like <laughs> I hope my dress isn't tucked into the back of my pantyhose cuz I just went to the restroom, you know. <laughs> and not only that, but uh, the talent pool. I mean, it was the first time that I was surrounded by not only one or two talented musicians, but, I mean, 20 to 40 talented, incredible musicians. And not only that, but actors and actresses. And, and, you know, when you go to college and you're majoring in that, you have that kind of pool of those same like-minded, gifted and talented abilities. And I had never really compared myself against anything or anybody else. And this was the first time that I found myself doing it in my thoughts every single moment of the day. And I'm telling you, that old adage, comparison is a thief of joy, it was becoming my reality. It was stealing every ounce of joy that I knew.
0: During this time, were you ever kind of conscious of this comparison thing? Like were you ever even like quoting yourself that old adage of comparison is a thief of joy? Or was it was it completely over your head?
1: Well, I think everybody's responsible for the things that you think. But uh I knew something was off and I knew it was off kilter, but the desire for me to be loved and accepted was way higher than the desire for me to really figure out who I was and, and stand in that confidently. You know, comparison calls us, it, 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 I talk about it in the book as a frenemy of joy. You know, comparison looks good on the outside and really looks like she has your best interest at heart, if you're going to personify her as well. She looks like, hey girl, I'm just giving you a good measure of where you need to be in life, and do your best, and be the best you. I'm rooting for you, so let's look at somebody else that may have their act together, and you get your crap together like them. Um, But the reality is, is anywhere that you compare, you end up falling short. Always, always. And not only that, but what you think you're doing to be a better you and to compare yourself or grade yourself or or give yourself a measure, it really puts on you this ugly, ugly word that I hate. And it's the word enough. It's this desire to, to measure up to somebody else's expectations. And it never really shows you a clear, true spotlight of who you are. And your strengths, your weaknesses, and to own them. You know, it's okay. A lot of people think that I have um, self-deprecating humor, which makes me laugh because because they didn't know me back in the day when I was doing stand-up. I had some self-deprecating humor, and it was bad. But there is a big difference with self-deprecation or being self-aware. And I know confidently what my limitations are my weaknesses are, but I also know what my strengths are and the things that make me completely unique and beautiful and wonderful too. And I own them all. And when you own them, goodness, comparison doesn't have a foothold anymore.
0: That's amazing. But at this time, you know, is this something that you were able to realize in college or did you have to hit a wall before you kind of came to this place of, of a little bit more awareness?
1: Oh, there was just a low moment that absolutely opened my eyes. Um, I was blind to what was happening and comparison had such a grip in my thought life that I had actually won Homecoming Queen. I'm not even kidding you. One Homecoming Queen and instead of feeling as though... These people loved me and they loved who I was. I felt as though I was the butt of everybody's joke. And my thoughts spiraled out of control that that I won Homecoming Queen so much so that I found myself with a pair of kitchen shears just trying to cut uh, in my arm to see how deep I'd go before I hit a vein. Um, I wanted to just take my life and end it. I was tired. I was so tired. And I can't explain unless you've been there. And I believe more people have been there than they'd like to admit. Um, but once you start having thoughts of taking your own life, they spiral so quickly. And not only do they spiral downward so quickly, but they move to action swiftly. And uh, if it wasn't for one of my best friends and one of my roommates walking in that night and catching me, right before I was about to cut open my, my vein in my wrist, I would have been successful in that because I was resolved. And, um, I'll tell you the best thing that ever happened is her coming in, sitting on the floor with me, taking those away and, and just crying with me, helping me dry my face. And then she walked with me from about midnight till the sun came up around campus in a in a giant circle. And we'd stop and I'd cry. And she'd put her hand on my back and my shoulder and she'd cry with me. And when I was ready to walk again, she'd walk with me, but she didn't say a single word. And (laughs) if ever I could personify what joy looks like in the middle of your worst moment, she may be silent. But there's something about her presence that makes you want to keep going. And I think that we miss those opportunities. And we miss to look up and see that, that somebody's there fighting for us.
0: <sighs> That's absolutely beautiful and heartbreaking and also inspiring. And I don't know. What do you think about this idea that, that maybe the most true joy comes from people who have experienced the greatest pain in life? Because I feel like it's true here.
1: Um, I don't know. Cause see here's within that statement. I love that statement when I first hear it, but when I start to dissect it, it, (laughs) there's still this hint of comparison in there. It still says you have to experience something horrible to get something wonderful. And the reality is you don't have to be deserving of any true measure for you to get it. And, and and I think people feel that and they feel like, oh, well, I haven't walked what she's walked. Listen, people are going to read this book. They've encountered much worse than I have. Okay. To them, my story is trite and I don't know what I'm talking about. I don't have authority that I've not lived what they've lived. And then to somebody that says, I've had a pretty good life. I've never been there. They could gloss over that and think, well, good for her. The reality is, though, joy <laughs> joy is something that you have to choose daily to engage with, no matter any kind of the trouble that you have. You know, I just, I talked about this recently in um thing I'm writing right now for later, coming up much later, but I'll, I'll give you a little snippet of where I'm at in my thoughts about this right now. Forrest Gump, <laughs> he says the best quote, he says, life is like a box of chocolates you never know what you're going to get. And all of us are dealt different things in this life. And if we keep on comparing is our sorrow greater than yours? Is our is this one tangy? Is this one uh, you know, more caramelly? Is we're going to miss the fact that we all get chocolate, but we just don't know what's going to be inside. And here's the deal. We all have the opportunity every single day to experience a life that can really feel abundant and can really be full of joy. And your sorrow or your your great depression is not any different than mine, but it is worth acknowledging, hey, this doesn't taste right, and I need something different. Uh, I really feel like uh, sometimes we like to fake it until we make it. And right now I'm discovering that we need to propose something different. We need to faith it until we make it. It's really just simply believing that you deserve, you deserve to have a full life filled with joy. And if you don't believe that, maybe you should be praying the prayer that says, increase my faith instead of increase my joy.
0: Oh, man, that's incredible. I feel like it's so special getting to hear more behind the scenes on your life and getting to know you on a deeper level. And goodness gracious, you're you're so full of wisdom and, and of course, joy. But I think I love the strength in your story. And I love the, the awareness that you've grown through because I don't think everybody always has the self-awareness that you have. You know, you've given us so much already. You've given, you know, offered so much wisdom on how people can, fight through struggles and how people can, you know, ask for faith instead of joy. And I'm hoping you could leave us with one more piece of wisdom. And I think it's really cool because you went from somebody who is fairly anonymous and just known in in your community to somebody that was, you know, recognizable around the world and, and, you know, showing up on TV shows and somebody who's big and well-known. And I don't think that that's the point of life. I don't think the point of life is to have our, you know, our viral moment but I think what's really special is the way that you use something that was, you know, special to you, a, a sense of joy, a, a passion for Star Wars memorabilia, uh, a pursuit of of daily fun. And you shared it and you brought it to the world and people just responded. You know, what kind of advice and, and wisdom can you offer people who maybe don't know what they can bring to the world, who, who maybe are like, well, she's got her Chewbacca mask and in, in her giggle. You know, what do I have that can fill the world with a little bit more joy? What does that look like?
1: Well, I would say this to anybody that thinks, um, and I'll just start, I'll start here. This is a good place to start from that idea that you're wanting to grasp. Let's talk about the people that have been a little bit cynical or critical of Chewbacca mom having a book. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> you know, what does a lady that h- has laughed for 3 minutes out of a 4 minute video possibly have to say that I would want to read? And here's what I've discovered is those that are cynical are really saying what all of us want to say. Uh y- you're looking at this moment and you're 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 saying what does this lady possibly have to offer? In the midst of that statement, you're saying another one that says that a stay-at-home mom cannot be anything more than just that. A stay-at-home mom, a nobody, an anonymous person, plucked from obscurity. What has she done to deserve this? On one hand, that feels like, you're right. What have I done? Yeah, absolutely nothing. It was a fluke moment. And yet on the other side, for those of, of you that have gotten to know me, And you've gotten to see who I am behind the mask. You've discovered there's whimsical wisdom. You've discovered that there's talent there. Like I actually, I'm I'm a legit guitar player and singer and songwriter. (laughs) You know, I mean, there's (laughs) I'm I'm an illustrator, and if if all the illustrations in my book, those are things that I've drawn. There's there's way more to me than what you saw in a four minute video, and I feel like people are only accepting of your highlight reel and are very, very quick to push you into a name or a box of what they want you to be. And I would encourage anybody that feels like that to really examine, is that giving you joy or is it stealing your joy? Because I would dare say most of us are more than one dimensional people. We are we are full bodied, three dimensional. We have way more in us than we even know how to tap into or discover. Listen, I'm about to be 40 years old in a couple of years. By this age, you just stop caring what people think, right? <laughs> <You're> like <laughs> I do not have time. My time is running out. I gotta make the most of it. And I feel like everybody is wondering. What can I do to have that moment where I really step into who I am and what I need to be doing on this planet? Do the hard work, is all I can say. Do the hard work of looking inward and listing out what are you good at? What do you naturally struggle with? And those things that you're naturally struggling with, if they're on your calendar or you're spending the most money on those things from your bank account ledger, stop. Stop. Get to doing the thing that you were created to do is the things that you're naturally just good at and then do it great. Like actually do it great. Do phenomenal work because here's the deal. We want you. We want what you have to bring to the table with me being a worship leader in churches and a singer and a songwriter Can I just tell you how many times as a little chunky seventh grade girl with freckles, I wanted to be a black Whitney Houston, like nobody's business. (laughs) I wanted to dance with somebody. I wanted to feel the heat with somebody. (laughs) I mean, like I was singing her songs like it was going out of style. And the irony is, is that God created me to be somebody completely different. And yes, he would use my voice to reach the world, but not in a way that I would ever suspect. Because he created me, my center, my core is bringing fun. It's bringing joy. And when I discovered that, the viral video was just a byproduct of the things that were already working on the inside. So I would just tell people, work on the inside, discover who you are. And listen, if you don't like something about yourself, it's okay. Find the things that you do like about them and get better at those. And then those things that you don't like about yourself, I tell you what, the more, the more you build up your strengths, your weaknesses, you'll look at and go, you know, it's probably good that I'm not strong at that because I can't use that for what I'm really supposed to do. So that's my advice for those that feel like, where's my Chewbacca mom moment? Where's my stepping into what I need to be doing in life? And how do I get, you know, a viral video? Well, first, it may not come through a viral video. My best friend in college sat with me about two weeks after, and this is the same friend that walked with me the night that I tried to commit suicide. So she sat with me in a coffee shop about two weeks after the video went viral. And she said to me, Candace, I always knew the world would find you. I just never could have guessed it would be this way. <laughs> and we laughed and we laughed about it because I was like, you're so right. You're so right. And it's the thing is that when you let go of expectation to be anything other than yourself, your moment's going to come and it'll be much better than any way you could have forced it to be. I'm going to say one more thing, and I just feel like I'm supposed to, because I feel like that's talking all around really what this core statement is. Anything that you obtain through self-promotion, you have to sustain through self-promotion. So be okay. With allowing God to write your story, he writes it so much better than you. Wow.
0: Yeah. Okay. I think that the thing that I'm taking away the most from this conversation is the strength and awareness in Candice's story. It's really inspiring to me to hear someone so confidently and resiliently Choose joy in the midst of whatever circumstances are handed to them. Chewbacca mom is the best. Is I don't know if I should be saying Candace Chewbacca mom. Um, it's <laughs> I don't know. I hope that you, like me, are challenged by the way that Candace uses her online and viral platform to bring childlike joy and connection and imagination to the world. I hope that you're also encouraged by the fact that you don't need a Chewbacca mask and a giggle to make the world a better place. You can just do the hard work of looking inside yourself and move into a gentle curiosity towards your passions, strengths, and gifts. Simply do phenomenal work and be surprised by where it takes you. Never forget to seek that glimpse of a simple joy in your own life. And more importantly, remember that, quote, we have way more in us than we have ever thought we could discover in ourselves. You can find Candace Payne on Twitter and Instagram and, of course, Facebook. And definitely check out her book, Laugh It Up. That's the name of it. It might be also what you do when you read it. I don't know. I definitely enjoyed the book. If you're new to Sounds Good, we'd love for you to stick around, listen to another episode. Two episodes that, you know, you might connect with if you enjoyed this episode. Off the top of my head are... Our conversation with Brad Montague and our conversation with Viner internet creator Zach King. Both of these guys have experienced virality, but have used their platform to do incredible and beautiful things. I think you'd really enjoy the conversation. So dive back into the archives. You can find all of our episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. This podcast is created by me, Brandon Harvey, as a part of Good 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 a community that believes in the power of celebrating good news and becoming good news. Thank you so much to Chad Michael Snavely and the team at CM Studio for editing and mixing the show. And thank you so much to Christy Karenbrock for all of your production support. You can find lots more hopeful stories that we share throughout the week every single week by following us everywhere at goodgoodgoodco. Good, good, good. Co. We also create a beautiful quarterly newspaper that celebrates the people, ideas, and movements that are shaping the world for the better. Goodness gracious, you're going to love it. Subscribe now, and you know you'll totally find out about some of the inspiring people that we're meeting with here in Egypt this week. You can find out more about the newspaper and everything else we do at Good, 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 good at Good, Good, Good. Co. And on that note, that is a wrap for this week's episode. Go out and do some good this week. And we will be back next week with another inspiring story from an incredible person. Sound good?